mindcoolness.com What's good, Alter? This is Dom from mindcoolness.com and in today's podcast I'm gonna read out three articles the first three articles that I published in March 2016 and the topics are going to be the truth about willpower Kinesthetic imagery can make you physically stronger and how to have freedom without free will. The truth about willpower. That's yeah, the article that I posted on the blog post that led to my book, Willpower Condensed. So everything you hear now is much better formulated and structured and better researched and yeah just simply better in my book this the article actually is quite shit but I'm gonna read it anyways because that's what I'm gonna do in yeah these podcasts just read out my blog posts what is willpower willpower is a self-regulatory strength required for all acts of self-control through which you can either initiate and adhere to novel boring difficult exhausting or stressful tasks or refrain from surrendering to unwanted impulses or cravings. In the article now you'll learn why you need willpower, how you can understand willpower, what science knows about willpower and how you can have more willpower. First, why you need more willpower. You need more willpower if you want to get better grades, have more friends and better relationships, make more money, achieve more success, be mentally and physically healthier and live longer and you can find so, so those are not just statements that I pulled out of my ass you can really find um, scientific studies on all this stuff yeah check out my article mindcoolness.com forward slash theory forward slash truth minus about minus willpower and there you'll find all the references to everything I talk about now more generally, you need willpower to get rid of bad habits, create and stick to good habits, overcome resistance, and push through pain, fear, anxiety, and discomfort. In terms of virtues, you need willpower to demonstrate courage, discipline, self-control, perseverance, fortitude, toughness, temperance, serenity. How do I understand willpower in terms of everyday psychology? In my own research, I, de I defined willpower as the ability to consciously control one's behavior in alignment when, with one's longer-term goals in the face of conflicting thoughts, emotions and desires, driving impulsive behaviors toward opposing shorter-term goals. Let's break this down. There are two types of goals. Shorter-term goals, I want to lose fat, I want to get laid, I want to stop smoking. And then there are shorter-term goals. I want to eat this. I want to not get rejected by that chick. I want to smoke now. Longer term goals constitute your true will, what you truly want. The three, three forces, however, try to steer you away from your true will and toward shorter term goals. And these three forces are emotions, like I'm hungry, I'm anxious, I feel stressed. Desires, I crave a burger. I crave, need the strangers around me to not yeah, I need the strangers around to not see me get blown off or I must smoke. And excuses. 
There's a piece of healthy salad in this burger, or she's not that hot anyways, or uh, this will be my last cigarette. Willpower is, and then I'll stop. Willpower is the ability to put your behavior in alignment with your true will in the face of these three forces, emotions, desires, bullshit excuses. All well and good, but let's dig a bit deeper. What exactly is this ability? Is it a form of mental power? Is it a skill? Does it have emotional qualities? Can it be defined behavioristically? Is it a function? What is the substrate of willpower? Do you think that willpower has something to do with having a strong mind? If so, consider this basic principle. Not your thoughts control your behavior, but your emotions. Your thoughts don't control your behavior. It's not your thoughts that make you do things, but your emotions. Thoughts are often closely intertwined with emotions, but thinking alone won't make you do shit. The mind is powerless. In other words, the relationship between thinking and acting is always mediated by effective processes. Therefore, willpower must team up with emotions in order to be effective. But wait, aren't emotions one of the three forces toward shorter-term goals, instant gratification and willpower failure? Yeah, these emotions would be anxiety, craving, anger, sadness, greed, stress, etc. All emotions that make you more reactive. What you want is to appease these emotions through mindfulness. And what you want even more is to experience emotions that increase your freedom and make you more proactive. Emotions that fuel your ambition, your productivity and your performance and your true will. Your mind can't overpower your emotions. Your will can't overpower your emotions. Only other emotions can overpower your emotions. And what are those emotions that fuel your true will and then overpower counterproductive emotions? It's only one emotion. Pride. Imagine all the badasses of our world who truly embody the power of will and total mental toughness. Hardcore athletes and soldiers in war. What makes them compete and fight and struggle and never give up? Honor and the pride they gain from it. Even if you happen to not like these words, pride and honor, consider how much pride influences your every action. Social validation, recognition, reputation, fame, acceptance, achievement, success, it's all driven by pride. Yeah, yeah, I know, you don't wanna worry about what others think of you. You don't do it, you just don't give a fuck. I don't want, I do what I want, bitch. Fine, good for you, but you know what? This attitude too is driven by pride. Your desire to lose and more especially this attitude is driven by ego pride. And there are quite some differences, but that's for another podcast. Your desire to lose weight, your desire to work out, your desire to get good grades, your desire to do a good job, your desire to not do a good job and just don't give a fuck, your desire to start a business, it's all driven by pride. Confidence, self-esteem, self-respect, ambition, determination, perseverance, it's all connected to pride. Whenever you exert willpower, you're actually making use of your pride to overpower all the other emotions. That's how real willpower really works. Again, not your thoughts control your behavior, but your emotions control your behavior. The key to willpower is therefore to embrace and invigorate your feeling of pride. 
To put things into a larger perspective, there are two approaches to freedom through strengths. The first approach is the willpower approach. It allows you to follow your true will by using pride to overpower unwanted counterproductive emotions. The mindfulness approach allows you to follow your true will by appeasing unwanted counterproductive emotions. So which approach should you pursue, overpower or appease them? Well, as long as you're not a hermit living totally self-sufficient somewhere deep in the woods or high up on a mountain beyond all civilization, you want to pursue both approaches. So, on the one hand, increase your desire for pride by cherishing it as a positive emotion and by nourishing it through visualization techniques. Imagine in your mind what it will feel and look like when you receive praise and love from people you hold dear or respect. On the other hand, decrease negative emotions like sadness, stress, anxiety, anger, greed, craving, etc. through meditation or mindfulness practices. For example, every day you go to bed, write down three things or people or events you're grateful for that day. I've also made a, made a video about you know, how willpower is connected to all the other um, yeah, to emotions and, and your true will and stuff like that. There's even a better image in my book, but yeah, the, you will find the video. I think it's called Truth About Willpower. Now the third part of this article, how to understand willpower scientifically. Physiology. Neurophysiologically, willpower is based on the parasympathetic pause and plan response of the nervous system, which is the opposite of the sympathetic fight-or-flight state. Willpower exertion is associated with neural activity in the prefrontal cortex, which is also associated with pride and the anterior cingulate cortex. Well, physiologically, willpower is reflected by heart rate variability, which too is associated with such activation, cortical activation patterns. Heart rate variability is the variation in the time interval between consecutive heartbeats. It is widely recognized as a crucial biomarker for overall health and risk of all-cause mortality. The higher your heart rate variability, the healthier and for athletes, the more recovered you are. Generally speaking, heart rate variability indicates how well your autonomic nervous system deals with stress. In addition to a host of studies regarding heart rate variability, uh, relating heart rate variability to executive functions and cognitive performance, three studies in particular found that at least to some extent heart rate variability could predict willpower performance. And yeah, I could also predict that partly in my own um, yeah, experiment I did at the University of Vienna. You can check out the article. Yeah, link should be in in the article or link to my paper. Yeah, so there are also some studies about how willpower might be dependent on brain glucose levels. Yet since there are so many issues with these studies, uh, I will refrain from making any statements about them here in this article. Just keep in mind that consuming tons of sugar will not boost your willpower through the roof. Please use your common sense. Furthermore, as Berkman and colleagues put it, a deeper problem with the glucose um, hypothesis, even if it is correct, is that it does not provide specificity regarding which brain structures actually consume the glucose, if any, whether those structures are amenable to invention, and if so, whether invention gains would transfer across domains. Uh, yeah, actually, 
a few days ago, I've written a blog post about this very subject. I think it's called No Willpower. Uh, no Sugar Does Not Boost Your Willpower. Because there have been some meta studies been conducted on this very subject, both with negative results. Or, yeah. Cognitive science. In cognitive science, and especially cognitive neuroscience, willpower can be regarded as the fuel for executive functions. Executive functions are cognitive control processes essential for achieving a particular goal in a flexible and appropriate manner. Examples include attentional control and behavioral response inhibition. Biology. From the perspective of evolutionary biology, willpower might have been selected for as an adaptation to the demands of increasing social complexity of cognition. Fitting in, cooperating and maintaining long-term relationships were needs that put evolutionary pressure on our early human brains to develop strategies for self-control. Psychology. In personality psychology, willpower is commonly associated with higher conscientiousness and lower neuroticism, that is, higher emotional stability. This means that how much willpower you have is partly determined by your personality. However, this must never be used as an ex excuse to be weak and stay lazy, because willpower is like a muscle. You train it by exercising it. According to the strength model of self-control in social psychology, Willpower is a limited mental resource that can be exhausted by exerting self-regulatory strength or making choices, temporarily leading to impaired self-control task performance. The corresponding concept of ego depletion suggests that willpower is a limited pool that can be depleted. However, recent research based on more refined studies suggests that ego um, depletion might not exist after all. Yeah, and also I discussed this um, yeah, very, on the one hand, comprehensively, on the other hand, very condensed again, of course, in my book, Willpower Condensed. So if you're interested in yeah, EU depletion, you'll find, uh, yeah, you you'll can really understand the whole controversy and the current state of the art when you read my book. And the fourth part, how to have more willpower. Embrace and invigorate your feeling of pride. Use visualization techniques. Imagine in your mind what it will feel and look like when you receive praise and love from people you respect. Conversely, you can imagine how you'll feel like a total loser if you don't follow your true will. This works great for some people and in some cases it will be more effective. Personally, I prefer to stay positive. Uh, for example, when I started working out six years ago, I used to visualize a mental picture of the girl I was madly in love with at that time in order to push myself harder and harder and harder. This might sound silly and my motives for working out are quite different today, but it definitely worked like a charm six years ago. Right now, to give another example, I get the willpower to keep writing and not procrastinate from the pride I imagine to feel when this blog post helps you to increase your willpower too. Or just, yeah, doing the podcast right now. But actually the podcast right now, I don't think it will help a lot of people. It's basically just practice for me in order to help yeah, plenty of people later. <clears throat> or just provide them with fun or information or whatever. Now, take control of your prefrontal cortex, and you can do so by not drinking alcohol or abusing drugs. 
by getting enough high quality sleep, by exercising your body mind regularly through strength training and meditation. Also increase your heart rate variability by eating unprocessed foods and plenty of vegetables, by minimizing stresses in your everyday life, by breathing as much fresh air as possible. Maybe consider moving to a place with, place with better air quality. You should also relate to a heart rate variability our mental issues like anxiety, anger or depression. Get treatment for them. Professional treatment. And yeah, the same with chronic pain and physical Ill illnesses. Don't let them go untreated. Also, spend more time with friends and family if you want to increase your baseline heart rate variability and thus your willpower. <clears throat> and then there are several other um, points and bits how you can improve willpower and they're all related actually to single articles uh, I've written and you can yeah you can check out all these articles typically they call they're part of my willpower series but yeah the different bits are adopt a long-term perspective increase your self-discipline by manipulating your environment intelligently lessen willpower demands by loving what you do don't use willpower if you don't have a plan to build a habit. Become more disciplined by understanding importance. Increase willpower by minimizing distraction and through breath regulation. Stop, stop ruminating about the past or worrying about the future. Boost your desire to change by creating discomfort in your life. For long-term self-control challenges, monitor your progress. Don't rely on drugs to develop discipline. Put little mirrors at places where you tend to succumb to temptation and when you don't feel like uh, doing something, when you lack motivation, read this. Well, it's actually, again, a link to an article, and I think, um, yeah, the article is called like something when you don't feel like doing something, um, yeah, whatever. And finally, find your life purpose. Having a strong, passionate direction in life is like steroids for your volition. I know, easier said than done, don't worry about it. You can simply start by adding one piece of passion into your lifestyle. Take up a new hobby, learn a new language, set yourself a crazy goal you want to achieve, or accept a random challenge that sounds exciting to you. For example, if you become passionate about working out or some sport you like, you will automatically have much more motivation to exert willpower in other areas of your life as well, like sticking to your diet and your meditation habits, for you will soon realize how valuable these two are for getting the most out of your passion, especially a sport. Lastly, try to always reflect on what you truly want out of life. This will strengthen your true will, which will give you more motivation to win at your willpower challenges. Kinesthetic imagery can make you physically stronger. Although your mind's powers are highly limited, thinking alone can strengthen your body. Mental imagery, that's the key concept here. The conscious mental rehearsal of movement. If used as a regular practice, mental imagery, so that is a conscious rehearsal of um, movement, um, you can improve your physical strength without even performing any actual movement. You can literally sit at home on your couch and grow stronger by merely thinking about lifting weights. Experimental studies. Most studies on motor imagery follow an experimental design like this. The subjects are healthy college students randomly grouped into three groups. 
a motor imagery group, those who think about um, performing a movement, a physical exercise group, those who actually perform the movement, and a control group, those who don't do anything. They don't practice anything. And now subjects in the first two groups um, practice regularly for several weeks, either imagining or actually performing. And then st physical strength is systematically measured either as muscle contraction or as force exerted on a machine, a strength, um, yeah, bodybuilding machine or whatever. <clears throat> as the result showed, um, muscle strength increased significantly in the motor imagery group as compared to the control group and to a similar extent as in the physical exercise group for various motor patterns. <clears throat> so the control group, the group that didn't do any practice, didn't get stronger, but both those who imagined and those who actually trained their bodies, they both got stronger and compared yeah, to comparable um, similar extent or to a similar extent. And this has been found with uh, ankle dorsiflexor torque, ankle plantar flexor torque, bench pressing, leg pressing, triceps extension, calf raising, elbow flexion, finger motion, hip flexion, quadriceps muscle contraction. And further findings of these studies were that m the more vividly subjects imagined contracting their muscles, the more strength they gained. And the more effortful the movement, the stronger the results. <clears throat> also very important, kinesthetic imagery produces significant results, are effects, but not external visual imagery. Only subjects who mentally simulated the feeling of performing the movement from inside their bodies increased their strength, while those who visualized themselves moving from a third-person perspective third-person perspective, like watching themselves in a video, they did not improve their strength. So you really have to imagine yourself performing a movement from within your body. So how does this work that you can gain strength through, through thinking about training? The basic principle of how strength was increased in these experiments was neural adaptation. <coughs> The motor imagery training strengthened the brain-to-muscle command, bodybuilders call this a mind-muscle connection, which improved the recruitment of motor units. This led to higher muscle output, which resulted in greater measured strength. In this causal chain, improved motor recruitment could mean various things. It could mean recruitment of additional, hitherto inactive motor units. It could mean higher activation level of the participating motor units. It could also mean more effective intramuscular coordination, which means that the neuromuscular junctions at the antagonist muscle fire less when the agonist contracts, or it conduced, uh, could, um, or improved motor unit recruitment could mean reduced inhibitory inputs to the muscle's motor neuron pull. And yeah, this is how you muscle strength can increase due to adaptations in the nervous system without any metabolic or morphological changes in mus muscle tissue, so without hypertrophy. Yet you can, um, how can you, can mere mental imagery lead to motor adaptations in the nervous system? What is the basis of the mind-muscle connection? And this is, brings us to the heart of the matter, matter, which is the idea that mental imagery uses the same brain processes as action execution. 
when you think about picking up the trash, your brain activity is equivalent to when you're actually picking it up, as well as when you see someone else picking it up. And that's what your mirror neuron system is about. So what's the difference between seeing, thinking and acting if the neural processes are all equivalent? According to simulation theory, imagined actions are simply actions that are not executed. This suggests that mental imagery of a movement and execution of the movement are similar in neural terms with, while only for the latter, the motor output is not inhibited. So when you're just thinking about a movement that's actually happening more than when you're ex executing the movement, so because the whole pattern is the same, except that there is an additional inhibition when you think about it. As of today, however, the role of inhibition in mental imagery requires further research. Now you might ask, does this mean that you don't need to go to the gym because you can strengthen your body and muscles without actually training them physically? But of course, no, you should go to the gym because um, yeah, first, pure neural adam adaptation means that you gain strength without building muscle mass. Second, all the many health and mood benefits that come from physical exercise won't come from mental imagery. Third, it's a lot harder to get motivated to regularly practice mental imagery than it is to work out or play a sport, which is way more fun. And fourth, the scientific studies lasted only a few weeks and neural adaptation to any movement is strongest at the beginning. The contribution of neural factors to strength gains dropped dramatically over the course of the first 16 weeks, while hypertrophy factors become increasingly important. So let's keep this clear. There's absolutely no reason to replace actual movement with imagined movement. Why would you even want to make yourself a prisoner of a mind imagining how it would be if you did something rather than doing it? Nevertheless, mental imagery does have some useful applications. Neurological, um, you can use it for neurological rehabilitation, for support of chronic pain treatment, for strength maintenance when you're injured or when you're immobilized, um, for maximizing your athletic performance because yeah you can increase your strength or optimize your motor patterns without uh, yeah while you're resting your body and yeah also for muscle relaxation because if you can imagine yourself contracting muscles you can also imagine yourself yourself relaxing them. But yeah, if you need some, you might ask, yeah, can you be a bit more specific? You need, uh, I need concrete practical guidelines. Well, unfortunately, from a scientific point of view, the research that has been conducted so far doesn't allow me to give any clinical evidence advice. Even though the neuroimaging data seems to be robust, the behavioral evidence and actual efficacy of mental imagery are currently too weakly investigated to conclude anything from it. In case you need some practical advice, check out um, the mastery section of mindfulness.com. Well, this section doesn't exist anymore, it's just my blog. And yeah, of course, new studies are being conducted as I write and as you read and as you listen. If you want to stay informed about the most recent findings, subscribe to my newsletter. Um, yeah, well, it's all here in this article. Could have skipped that. And the last topic, how to have free freedom without free will. 
and this is probably gonna be a mess now because this whole article is um, yeah written around um, a YouTube um, yeah YouTube video that I made. But yeah, let's see. Is there a personal freedom without free will? Yes. I know there's a lot of buzz about free will in science and philosophy. I've studied both. The entire debate is ridiculous. Nothing got a, but a golden opportunity for intellectuals to act out their desire for public masturbation. Sure, freedom exists and sure, everyone has a will. But putting these two concepts together, freedom and will, doesn't make any sense. As Schopenhauer said, man can do what he wills, but he cannot will what he wills. And that's all there is to it. The whole debate should have ended right there with this statement in 1839. And yeah, watch the video about it on YouTube. That's where I, I explain my concept of freedom, which is um, yeah very much inspired by Stoicism and quite a masculine understanding of freedom. Um, but of course, there are many perspectives on it. Don't take it as my absolute truth. Um, I think my concept of freedom means that you follow your true will under whatever circumstances and that you act free from your emotions and desires um, or at least other non-pride, non... I think, yeah, even love is, is problematic, but definitely you act um, only due to pride and not due to any other not due to any reactive or enslaving emotions. So when you eat something, you eat it because it's, re it's related to your true will and not just because it's a reaction of your body. So it's, yeah, self-mastery is what, what really gives you freedom. And discipline is what really gives you freedom, but it doesn't free your mind freeze your, I don't know, soul or whatever. It's just on a different level. Scientifically, freedom just has no, no place for freedom in science. But yeah, that's it. More than half an hour. And yeah, see you guys next time. Boom.